right, today we're going to be talking about discovering your gifts and talents. And it's a topic that you can get a million different perspectives on this. And I don't want to give you any one perspective other than just straight up what Scripture says. And I hope that it will give you a real balanced perspective about the gifts and talents that God's given you. Because He's given you guys some good talents. David can play basketball better than me. That's a talent. But I can snowboard better than him. We're all different. We're all very unique. And uh, because of that, guys, we get to represent Christ to the world. Because we're all going to show little aspects of his character. And so this is going to be really good. So pay attention. Don't try to take notes on every single word I say because you won't make it. There's a lot to cram into this. Last week we had this Haiti Open Forum, and we were going to do three weeks on this topic. Now we're going to do two weeks, okay? So this week is going to be discovering your gifts and talents. Next week is going to be investing your gifts and talents. And this week we're going to close. Don't you dare look at that, David. Gosh, Catherine. Oh, my gosh, guys. You guys almost got shot by our snipers that are here. But anyway, you guys... You don't want to look at the papers yet. They're for later, but they're good. I know you would want to look at them because they're so exciting. But you got to wait. can't, so it's even worse. Yeah, now you're going to be thinking about it. You're not, oh, that could be bad. So anyway, no. So there's a lot to go through tonight. and uh, So bear with me. I'm not going to try and rush through this. And we might go a little late, and I think it might be good. Because I think for the rest of your life, I hope that you look back and say, man, this is the right perspective biblically to have on this issue. And the reason we want to do this, guys, is I am sick and tired of two different things. I'm sick of students getting slaughtered on two different extremes with this issue. Sometimes people get so overly focused on this one thing that they almost forget the rest of their walk with God. I've seen students that are growing and making huge strides in their walk with God just effectively get cut off. And I've watched them year after year and years down the road with almost zero growth as a result. And on the flip side of the coin, I've seen another tragedy. And that's people that have no clue how God has gifted them. And it ends up resulting in a real confusion about their purpose. And even more, in a confusion about how they fit into the body. A lot of you guys in here might come every week just to watch. And I don't ever want that to be the case again. You're just as important here as any other person in this room. And my goal is that you guys will walk away learning how you fit in and how God wants to use your talents and your giftings and your uniqueness as this body grows. So God gives us so many good gifts. You guys remember what Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says? It says that our salvation is a gift from God. That's a good thing. All of you guys were saved by Jesus Christ by putting your trust in Him alone, not through any works you did but by putting your trust in Him and receiving a gift. He gave you a good gift of salvation. Ephesians 1.3 says that He's blessed you with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. So what are you guys lacking? You guys have every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Just think about that for a second. Every spiritual blessing. He's not withholding anything from you. Sometimes I might think it, but He's not withholding it. James 1.17 says that Every good and perfect gift comes down from Him. So there are many good gifts that He gives us. How about a snow day last week, Joseph? Right? You were talking about that a minute ago. That was a good gift. Except for the eight or nine hours of shoveling I had to do. But other than that, it was a good gift. See, God gives us so many good gifts, guys. Jesus put it this way. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. 
Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? See, that's his desire, is to bless us. It started with salvation, but it didn't end there, guys. It keeps going, and it keeps going, and it keeps going, and it keeps going. Half night of prayer, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the little things that God blesses us with, remember? It was so exciting to hear so many of you guys talking about just mind-boggling little things that God's done for you. Okay, Psalms 84.11 says, No good thing will the Lord withhold from those who do what is right. If you're walking with Him, He says He doesn't withhold any good thing from you. So tonight, as we get started talking about this, I want you to come into this knowing God's not withholding anything from you, Ashley. God's not withholding anything from you, Sam. He's not going, Nick, you kind of weren't on your game this week, so I'm going to withhold from you a lot of good stuff. No, he's saying, I'm not withholding anything from you. I'm a God that loves you. Okay, now with that perspective on God giving us good things, I want to start by saying we're foolish things that don't have anything to offer God. So, it's not that I earn the gifts that God gives me. 1 Corinthians one twenty seven says, He chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. And He chose the things that are weak to shame the strong. And so the idea is not to be a strong thing or a wise thing. But it's just to realize, look, I'm not much. I don't have a whole lot to offer. And that's a good thing. Because <laughs> that has to come from Him. You know, when I stand up here, guys, talking tonight, it's not because I feel like I'm great. Boy, Malcolm, you have so much you can learn from me. Okay? That's not my perspective. And it shouldn't be for any of us. We have a good God. And thankfully, He gives us good gifts. And then He uses us as part of what He's doing on this planet. That's amazing, guys. It's amazing. In Romans 12.3, which coincidentally, that's a passage that talks about the gifts. He starts by saying, By the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you. So there's the deal, guys. I just realize who I am. I'm nothing more, I'm nothing less. I'm a sinner that God saved by His grace, and He's going to use me for His purposes till the day I die, if I allow Him. That's a good thing, guys. That's a good thing. And He's going to give me the gifts, the blessings, the talents that I need to make that possible. But it's all in His hands. I don't need to strive for it. I just need to keep my eyes on Him. And He's going to do the rest. You may have come from any one of these different extremes or maybe any one of these different areas on this subject of the gifts. And I just want to tell you, I came up way extreme on one end. The thing that was hard for me was almost to accept other Christians. Isn't that weird? I'd almost look at other Christians and think, you're so inferior to me. I got really proud and arrogant about where I was versus other Christians. And I want to encourage you guys that no matter where you've come from, have a teachable attitude about God's Word and realize that you're just a humble person in God's body. And don't ever look down at other believers because maybe they see things a little differently about this one topic. We're a body, and we're growing together. And that's a good thing. And on that note, I want to say that I'm going to give you three passages. We're not even going to read them all because they're very long, and we don't have a ton of time. But there are three main passages in Scripture where it kind of talks about the gifts. And here's what's interesting is those are not comprehensive, guys. It's not like those are the gifts and nothing else is, and that's the end of the story. These are partial lists of different gifts that God gives us. But even in other parts of Scripture, it talks about other ones, right? Leah's going to talk about it at the retreat. In 1 Corinthians 7, 7, it uses this same Greek word for gift, charisma, that it uses in those other chapters. And it uses that word in reference to the gift of singlehood. How many of you guys love that one? Yes! 
Yes. Okay, Leah, Leah loves it. No, but seriously, guys, that's just one example of a gift that's not in these other lists. So these lists are not comprehensive. So it's not like you're going to look at this and go, either I'm one of those or I'm nothing. And you know what? Maybe God will give you different gifts, too. There's no such thing as a gift of worship leading that's referenced in these passages, I should, I should say. But you know what? Sam, Brandon, Nick, some of you guys are gifted in that. So take all this in the broader perspective of God's Word and keeping that the major focus, okay? It'll be really good. So what are spiritual gifts? Spiritual gifts are basically different gifts given to believers to enable them together to accomplish all that God desires to accomplish with His body. None of us in this room are ever going to have all the gifts. James, you're, you're cool, but you're never going to have all the gifts. You know who had all the gifts? One person ever, Jesus. So none of us are ever going to be there. I need you guys, and you need me. We need each other. Brandon, I can't do it without you. See, we need each other because together we're going to represent Christ to the world in the fullness of who He wants us to be as His body. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, No matter what you do, do it all for the glory of God. So whatever your giftings are, whatever your talents are, they're not that big a deal. But glorifying God with my life today, that's a big deal. So no matter where you're coming from, no matter what you're doing, glorify God in all this. And remember that together, as we're functioning as one body, working together, Jesus said that's how the world would see Him. In John 13.35 and in 17.21, He said the world would see Him through our love for each other and through the unity that we have for each other, through working together as a team. I can't do it alone. I need... All you guys in here. Hetty tonight looked over these notes and had some great ideas for me. Like that verse, 1 Corinthians 10.31, that I totally spaced. See, together as a body, though, we can be who Christ wants us to be. So what are the perspectives that the Bible gives us when it talks about these issues of the gifts? Because this is important. We never read Scripture alone. You never take one verse out of its context or one passage out of its context. You always read it together. And every single time this topic is brought up, there's a very specific context to it. Okay? And that is that we're body members with unique purposes, serving together in love. Now, Howard Hendricks reminded us of something really important. He said the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Isn't that good? Pretty profound. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. So what's the main thing, guys? Jack, what's the main thing? Jesus. Jesus. Loving Him, right? Loving each other. That's our context for all this stuff, is the main thing. It's Jesus loving each other. And that's what Scripture tells us, too. It's not just that Jack is so smart, he just comes up with good stuff. No, that's what Scripture says. We're going to mention different notes from three different passages. You can read them later if you want. They're Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4. Okay, All three of those chapters talk about this issue. And each one of those passages, every single one of those passages starts with the foundation for this issue of gifts and talents. And that foundation is worshiping God in humility. I quoted Romans 12.3 a little while ago. The whole concept is worshiping God in humility. doesn't mean singing songs. Okay, Worship is far greater than that. It's living a life of submission to Him. It's living a life for His purposes, not my purposes. Does that make sense? He's everything. Just like you just said, Jack. He is everything. Overemphasis on my gifts and talents is idolatry. Does that make sense? See, if I start to think, Nate, you are such a good snowboarder. I'll use that term. And I actually was there, guys. I thought, man, I am. And it was pretty stupid. I was not that great. <laughs> I mean, I was good compared to 
David Kenyenda, but I wasn't good compared to Sean White, okay? And uh, I did get to ride with him a few times. I just have to brag. He was only 11, and now he's like an Olympic gold medalist. But uh, I have hung out with him. But regardless, and just on a side note, his mom gave me their home address and phone number. said, anytime you want to come ride and come hang out at our house, you're welcome to visit. And I threw it away. I didn't know he'd be an Olympic gold medalist and all this in the future. But regardless of all that, guys, if I start to see some area that God has gifted me and I put a huge emphasis on that and think that's who I am and define myself by that gift, that's idolatry. That's putting a gift far above the gift giver, and that's wrong. On on the flip side of the coin, guys, I can underemphasize where God has gifted me. And Jesus talked about that in Matthew 25, in verses 24 through 25 specifically, and he said that was burying our talent. And he said not to do it. Has somebody ever said to you, you're good at something, and you're like, no, not really. I'm I'm really not good at that. That's not what God wants. He wants you to humbly accept that he's made you good and talented in different areas. And not to make those bigger than him, but at the same time, not to act like they're not there. So you don't want to overemphasize or underemphasize. You just want to be humbly following and worshiping him. Submitting to him and following all that he's called you to do. So worship is submission to God and living for his purposes, guys. And Rabbi Zacharias referred to that, talking about the gifts, by saying this. He said, your calling must come before your gifting. See, the second I start to figure out, man, I am so gifted in this. If I put that before or ahead of the calling that God's given me as his child to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, as soon as I put my talents and gifts ahead of that, I'm dead in the water. But guys, when they're in the context of the calling that God's given me, they make that possible. And they don't become a distraction from what God's called us to. So know your calling. Know your purpose. And then when you're obeying those things, look for where God has talented you and gifted you. And how he's made you unique. And I want to make a note about the gifts. The different gifts that God gives us, they are not what give us joy. I used to think growing up, if God would only give me this certain gift, I would have so much joy. You know what Romans 12 tells us gives us joy? And again, this is a passage about the gifts. Romans 12:11 says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Did you get that? Where does my passion come from? Where does my zeal come from in my walk with God? It comes from serving the Lord. So, going back to this main foundation for all the gifts, it's serving the Lord humbly, pursuing the call and direction that He's given me, making disciples of all nations. Each passage then goes from a foundation to a context. And that context is extremely important. If I leave it out, I'm dead. And the context is the body of Christ. And it's using my gift as just a part of a body that He's put me in. And you can read that again in all three of those passages, but they all tell us to maintain unity and peace in the body and to be committed to the body, serving the body with all that God has given us. Scripture tells us to desire the greater gifts, and then it says those are the gifts that build up the body. The whole purpose here is building up God's body. It's not coming up with some issue that I'm really good at, and man, I'm going to be so good at it. And man, someday I'm going to be like Billy Graham. Everybody's going to think Nate's so cool. That's not it at all. This is how can I contribute to God's body. That's the context, guys. The foundation is him and serving him. The context is his body. It's you guys in this room, right? It's you guys in this room. Now, here's what what Scripture says, and I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 12 about the body. It says the body is a unit, 
Though it is made up of many parts, this, this is verses 12 through 27 if you have your Bible, the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. See, sometimes students will say, I'm not that important, or I don't want to go to connect because it's just something that happens on Tuesdays or whatever, or I'm going to hop around, or I can do church alone with God. Well, that's true, right? Can't you guys connect with God alone? But what it's telling me here, too, is if I should say that I'm not a part of the body, I won't cease to be part of the body. See, the body needs you. The body needs me. We all need each other. Okay? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? That's basically saying, look, if you're not committed to this body, it's missing out. Maybe you're the eye and the body can't see if you're not there. Maybe you're the ear and the body can't hear if you're not there. Does that make sense? See, this is the context of how God has talented you and gifted you. Is you can contribute to the body as a whole. It goes on, but in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body in every one of them just as he wanted them to be. Joseph, when you came to school, it wasn't like a mystery to God. He was arranging this body how he wanted it to be. Isn't that kind of cool? God's going, man, they really need a Joseph there. (laughs) Connect needs a Joseph, otherwise they're in big trouble. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. I cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. I can't say to any one of you in here that I don't need you. And you know what? None of you can say to me that you don't need me. And none of you can say to Leah that you don't need Leah. We need each other. As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And it goes on, And the head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker and indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable, we treat with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has combined the members of the body and has given them greater honor, and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Now I want to say there's nothing special about Connect here, guys. There's nothing special about this meeting, and I hope it's never a meeting. And I hope it's never a performance that you observe. The whole reason we're doing this talk tonight is I want to see us grow as a body, where we're all a part of what's going on here. We're all contributing. Jatan, if you're suffering, I'm suffering. Chris, if you're honored, I'm honored. See, we rise and we fall together as a body. We can't make it alone. That's the context for all the gifts that God tells us. And then he goes on to define what those different gifts are. I'm just going to read through a list of all the different gifts listed in those passages. If you want to ask questions about these, come Thursday night. We'll have a lot more questions. I'm just going to run through the list of what Scripture tells us. It says apostleship, prophecy, evangelism, leading, administration, pastoring, and shepherding, teaching, wisdom, knowledge, faith, serving, encouraging, giving, mercy, discernment, healing, miracles. I want to make a note about miracles. I've seen God do awesome things, guys. I've seen an entire village in Nepal healed. We had a student here that came to know Christ that that God healed of testicular cancer. We've seen two students that died of blood alcohol poisoning that came back to life 
and then shortly thereafter came to Christ. God has done some awesome things right here. But you know what Scripture tells me too? That in the last days, people are going to perform signs and wonders and lead Christians astray. So I would encourage you not to be overemphasized on miracles because you're setting yourself up for failure. At the same time, don't say, God can't heal this. Pray for each other. Okay, going on from there, it also talks about tongues and interpretation. Now, if you have a question about any of those, come Thursday. But what I want you guys to know is not any one of those is for every one of you. Does that make sense? Not any one of those is for every one of you. Scripture tells us clearly that we have different gifts and that not any one of us will have all of those gifts. Okay? It says that in Romans 12, 6. It says it in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. It says to one is given this, to another is given this, to another is given this. And then Paul, a few verses later, at the end of 1 Corinthians 12, he concludes by saying, rhetorically, do all have this? Do all have that? So he just said, one gets this, one gets that, one gets that. And then he says, do all have this? And what he's saying is, all of you are not going to get any one gift. And I only say that because there are denominations that will say all of you have to have one or the other or this or that. And the scripture does not tell us that. You need to be okay with how God made you. You need to be okay with the gifts that God's given you. That's fine. We trust Him. Now, out of that list of gifts, I do want to say, too, there are only two or three that are controversial. There are only two or three that anybody would disagree about the significance or the place or the timing of those issues. And I want to say... We should keep the main thing, the main thing, the main thing. And we should keep major issues major and minor issues minor. Now, those two or three different gifts make up less than a half of a percent of the verses in the New Testament. And I'm not saying that to say that they're not God's word, because they are. But I am trying to say that God did not make this a focal point of His word. He meant for us to be focused where He wanted to be focused. When we look at Scripture, Jesus rarely discussed these Paul avoided them in 10 out of 13 of his books, and most of his discussion of those was a criticism of people abusing them. The writer of Hebrews didn't discuss them, James didn't discuss them, Peter didn't discuss them, John didn't discuss them in any of his books. What I'm trying to say, guys, is Christians take these two or three minor issues and they rip each other to shreds over them. Have you guys seen that? And that's disgusting, guys. God wants us to be a body that's unified in him. And we should never take something that he didn't make a huge issue. We should never take that and divide over it and split over it and condemn over it. I need to trust God in my brothers and sisters. And then they need to trust God in me. And we need to trust God in each other and love each other and leave it at that. So don't over or underemphasize any of this stuff. Keep the focus where God meant it to be. And don't let any of this stuff become a distraction or a dividing issue. Keep your eyes on Christ alone. That's good enough, right? And you have freedom to decide for yourself. I want to let you know that. Paul said in Philippians 3, 14 through 16, he says, even if you differ on any of these points, he says, God will reveal that to you. We're supposed to live in unity, okay? I'm not going to force you into one direction or the other. I trust God in you. And what I want you to do is keep your eyes on Christ and trust God too. And then to go from there. So keep the main thing the main thing. Love the members of the body and work together alongside each other as one body. Philippians 1.27 puts it this way. It says, stand together as one man. Can you imagine if we stood as one man? Can you imagine if all of us in the city stood together as one man? Instead of finding little things to divide each other from the body, standing as one man, and then it continues 
for the faith of the gospel. This morning, Russ and I were at a prayer meeting with pastors and leaders from almost every denomination in the city. It was an awesome time, praying for each other, praying for God to reach our city for Christ. That's the aspect of the body that God wants. So the context is the body, those were the giftings, and then each passage concludes with love, loving each other, and keeping that the focal point. Loving each other sincerely, being devoted to one another in brotherly love, it says in Romans 12. Then in 1 Corinthians 13, it puts it this way. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Can you imagine? Okay, Titus, you walk out and you're like, smelter is in, it destroys my view. Smelter, move. And it moves. <laughs> You'd be the most famous person in Colorado tomorrow morning. And you know what Scripture is saying? Even if you had that kind of a gift and ability, and you didn't have love, it's nothing. See, the focus here is loving God and loving my brothers and sisters. And he continues, If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease, and where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Do you get the context here? Do you get God's focus and His Word? Love each other. That's more important than anything. Love each other. Because outside of that, the gifts are meaningless, guys. But in the context of loving each other and being committed to the body and serving Christ, they become significant. Love surpasses all. Love God. Love others, guys. And by loving others, that means I'm going to encourage you guys in your walk with God. And you're going to encourage me in my walk with God. And together, we're going to win the lost for Christ. Because we love them too. And Christ loves them. 1 Peter 4, 7-11 summarizes all those gifts in their correct context, saying this, The end of all things is near, therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. See, that's the context. That's the context that God called us to. So you should follow God in obedience regardless of your gifting. And then, get this guys, just because you're not gifted with something doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Giving is a spiritual gift, right? We just read that a minute ago. If you don't have the gift of giving, should you not give? No, we should all give. You know who has a gift of giving here? Justin Valonga. Not to embarrass you. But Justin, you're just a continual giver. Justin is an example to me. Okay, if your gift is not serving, should you not serve? <laughs> we should do that too, right? Mark is a servant. I think he's gifted with serving. Mark goes, I've done those spiritual gift surveys. What do you think my gift is? I said, uh, serving? He goes, yep. (laughs) He knows it. And he does it. And isn't that a blessing to all you guys in here? Hasn't Mark served you a few times? Or a few hundred? (laughs) They served me a lot, dude. Okay, well, if my gift isn't serving, it doesn't mean I shouldn't serve. I shouldn't walk around and be like, sorry guys, Leah, you need help? 
<laughs> Mark's the servant. Talk to him. Okay? I'm not serving. No. Just because I'm not gifted with something doesn't mean I don't serve God in that way. In fact, how would you even know where your giftings were if you weren't being obedient to things in the first place? When Hetty was a freshman, we were driving right by that way to my house for Thursday night dinner, and we had a car full of students. And Hetty says, my young life leader this one time tried to get us to share our faith. It freaked us out bad. I couldn't believe she tried it. And in my mind, I'm like, uh, we're, we're, we're going to do that next week. <laughs> okay? I'm thinking, she's going to hate us. <laughs> but anyway, Hetty, how much would you say you enjoy evangelism today? I would say so much that if I didn't do it, I would be depressed. <laughs> she, she couldn't do it, she'd be, I would be sad. she'd be sad and depressed if she couldn't do it. That's Hetty's gifting, I think, one of her main giftings. She never would have known it unless she took a step of faith and trusted God and started obeying Him in that area. See, what I'm trying to encourage you with, guys, is as you take steps of faith and stepping out in obedience to God in different areas, you're going to find out where you're gifted. <laughs> and if you're not taking those steps of faith to serve Him, you might not ever know till the day you die where you were gifted. Isn't that kind of crazy? And so next week, we're going to talk about cultivating those gifts, developing those, finding out where I'm really gifted and being obedient in those areas. It'll be really good. And we're going to have some specific areas that you guys can plug in to this ministry, to this body, where you can really work in the area that God has gifted you to make this body what it needs to be. Because we're not where we need to be, guys. We need to grow. Okay? We need to grow into the body that God called us to be. If your gift is not faith, should you not have faith? (laughs) That's kind of silly, huh? Malcolm, I think, is gifted with faith. We go out and share our faith. He says, didn't scare me that much. I want to do something that's scarier next week. <laughs> I think Malcolm yearns for greater opportunities to trust God. That's a gift of faith. It doesn't mean I shouldn't step out in faith. Right? We should all be stepping out in these areas. Is that good, guys? So no matter where you're gifted, be stepping out, trusting God. And Galatians 5.6 kind of like gives a blanket to all this. And it says the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That's it. That's all that counts. Faith expressing itself through love. So if you're if you're putting your faith in Christ and stepping out in faith and obedience to Him, in love for Him and the people around you, that's what counts. <laughs> and if you're not doing that, you're missing the boat. So how do we discover our talents and gifts? You are unique. There are no cookie-cutter Christians. None of them. Not to sound crass, but I've looked at a lot of people that don't yet have a, a relationship with Christ, and they always say Christians are all the same. I look at like the party scene that you guys are always talking about every Friday night. That's pretty much the same. Let's go get plastered, dude. Wow, how many other millions of students are doing that on Friday night? But there aren't very many that are baking cookies for their friends, Leah. <laughs> there aren't very many that are water balloons, slingshots, Malcolm. <laughs> that you guys... I think when Christ comes into your life, and C.S. Lewis put it this way, or he said it best, he said that his uniqueness creates in you an identity that never existed before. And it's different than every other person out there. So you're becoming the person that God made you to be. In him, you find a true identity. You find a true uniqueness. And see, God has given you good gifts, and he's given you good talents that make you unique and that make you who you are. And those are good things. So how do you find them? The more you walk in obedience, the more you're going to discover them. The first way that you find them is start taking steps of faith. Even this week, 
I think Leah's going to start doing the solarium. Is it tomorrow? Can I put in a plug for that? Next week. Next week. Okay, next week Leah's going to do the solarium. You can take a step of faith and do that with her. You might be able to take a step of faith tomorrow and do trash club. Talking about gifts, Sarah is gifted. I think I'm stepping out on a limb here. I could be dead wrong. But I think she's got a good gift of administration and leadership. She can really tie things together and keep Justin on track. Okay? It'd be kind of, it'd be kind of hard. But anyway, just kidding, Justin. <laughs> oh, it's true. Okay, good. No, but you guys are gifted in so many ways. I can just look around this room. It blows my mind. Brandon out sharing and dumping snow in Denver, sharing his faith because he loves sharing his faith so much. And that's crazy, right? That was insane, but awesome. <laughs> and I felt like, man, God, I want, I want to be like that too. Okay? You guys are way gifted in so many different areas. Joseph, hospitality, I think. His first week on campus, I'm going, where can we do this Bible study? My room, Bible study in my room, and I can even cook. I'm a good cook, and I'll cook for you guys. <laughs> okay? Last night he cooked beans for everybody. It's pretty sweet. In <laughs> a pressure cooker. We can hear that. While we were studying, it was really good. It was awesome. Anyway, guys, I want to encourage you. So take steps of faith in obedience to God everywhere. If, if you read it, apply it and do it. And you're going to start to get a good picture of where God has given you gifts and talents. Also, with that in mind, Paul told Timothy, he said, don't neglect your gift, but stir it up. That was in 1 Timothy 4.14. What he was saying is, okay, Brandon, let's say God has given you a gift of evangelism. What Paul is telling Timothy here is, don't neglect that. Don't quit sharing your faith. Don't get lazy, okay? But keep growing it. Keep investing in it. Keep taking steps in that area that you know he's given you some ability in, okay? Because you're not there yet. You need to grow too. So don't stop. So you find your gifts by, by being obedient everywhere. And then when you start to see areas that you're passionate about and that you're gifted in, man, apply it and do it. Keep serving God everywhere else. But definitely keep stirring that up and keep investing there too. David, you're gifted with wisdom, I think, and knowledge. Those spiritual gifts of knowledge. David, right, guys? Anybody ask a question, David's like, oh yeah, Lamentations 311. <laughs> I'm like, is Lamentations a book? Is that in the, Eddie, is that in the Bible? <laughs> no. <laughs> Leah's telling me it's right next to the second Hezekiah. <laughs> I will look that up later tonight. <laughs> Study it tomorrow morning. <laughs> no, see, you guys are all gifted in different areas. But as you serve God, that's going to become very, 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 very real and noticeable. So be faithful with little, guys. Be faithful with little. And I want to tell you this too. Romans 12, 11 says that the gifts of God are without repentance. It uses that word repentance. And that word in the Greek actually means to change your mind. That's why repentance doesn't mean you become a perfect person. But it means you change your mind from going my way to going God's way, right? Now it says about God, when he gives you gifts, he does it without changing his mind. In other words, Titus, you make a mistake, God doesn't go, ah, <laughs> taking that back, bud. Okay? So I want you guys to be confident that you haven't blown it. Rebecca, you have not blown it. <laughs> okay? Whatever gifts God's given you, they're still there. And he's waiting for you to cultivate them. Heather, you're good to go. He's still there investing in you. And he's, he's waiting for us to cultivate those issues. 
Okay, so I keep my eyes on Christ. That's the right perspective. I worship God, serving Him in humility. I'm committed to the body of Christ, using the gifts and talents He's given me to build the body of Christ and to serve the body of Christ. I cultivate those by being obedient and using them, stirring them up. And then I love my brothers and sisters. That's the fundamental issue there. I love them. And then I'm obedient in all those different areas, guys. So you discover them within the context of the body of Christ as your purpose as his child. So, and I wanted to make a note, you apply him in the power of the Holy Spirit. He's given you his Holy Spirit. That's part of the whole spiritual gift issue. He's the one that gives you these gifts, guys. Doesn't mean that you have to perform all these religious duties. You guys know the second you trust Christ, the Holy Spirit's in you. Most of you guys know that. And if you haven't, ask somebody in this room to go through the discipleship packet with you. Okay? He is in you from the second you trust Christ. But we can choose whether or not we're going to surrender to him and let him fill us and control us and empower us. And as I do that every day, by faith, a lot of this starts to fall into place. Okay? Because it's him that's doing it, not me. Right? It's pretty simple. So we're going to do this survey today, guys. And it's going to be really good. Now you can take that thing out from under your seats that you've all been dying to look at. I hope it's half as exciting as you expect it to be. And here's how that's going to work. Okay, so you see all these questions. They're like over 100. We're going to put on some music, but they're simple. You just write down any number from 0 to 3, okay, for those. And you see that last paper that's not stapled? See that, guys? It has all the squares on it. That's where you're going to write your numbers. So question number one, I like to organize people, tasks, and events. Sarah probably won't put a zero for that, okay? But whatever number she decides to pick, she's going to put in that first square. You see that? And you could, if you hate that, if I asked you to organize a group of people and a task and plan an event, and you were like, ugh, I hate doing that stuff. You would put a zero in that box, okay? <laughs> and if uh, and if you love it, you would put a three in that box, okay? And you're just going to do that with each of the questions. It's going to go pretty fast. And at the end, you're going to add them all up. Some of you guys might have trouble with that. So hopefully you have a cell phone with a calculator, even though you're in college. And that's going to give you kind of an idea of where some of your giftings are. But I want to tell you guys this. This is not the end of the story. Just like Hetty, you might need to practice first before you realize. I've seen over the years things I never thought I was good at that God has made me a whole lot better at. Does that make sense? And this list, again, is not comprehensive. Just trust God with it. God's growing you. It's going to be really good. So start doing that, guys. And I want to say, as you're starting that, that the results of using the way that God has made you uniquely in contributing that to the body. The results of this, guys, is intimacy with God, a life of purpose, joy, fruit that will last. You're going to get to do stuff that you love to do because God wired you that way. And then the fruit of that is going to last for all of eternity because God's the one doing it through you. All right? And you're going to be able to find your life purpose. You're going to have confidence and boldness and passion in all those different areas. Guys, the body of Christ is going to be strengthened, and eternity is going to be changed. So this is good stuff. So work through this and bring this next week. So that's it for tonight. You can go grab coffee. 
snacks, whatever. You can do that now. You can do it later. We're going to play some music. But do, fill it out tonight. It'll be good. And, and then hang out for a while. Don't just race out of here. But I love you guys a ton, and I hope that encourages you. And be here next week for the second half of this series. Okay, that's it.